This episode of Landmine Radio is sponsored by Dittman Research. Do you know what the most valuable thing in the world is? High-quality information. Because high-quality information informs much better decision-making. Dittman Research has been providing high-quality information to Alaska's leading businesses, organizations, and campaigns for 50 years. Do you really know what Alaskans think about your company or your issue? How about your clients, your shareholders, or your employees? So stop fumbling around in the dark. Hire Dittman Research and find out what's really going on. DittmanResearch.com folks we're back here uh second start because sabrina my friend i started and you were like hey folks i interrupted you with exactly what you're going to say you've, you've we've done you're enough, predictable we've done enough podcast well you listen to my podcast i assume we've done enough for i don't listen to all of them but people i'm interested in yeah did you listen to the recent don young <laughs> no that was a pretty good one i'm sure it was very entertaining a lot of good stories one about him putting a hunting trap on his hand in the Jeez. 70s at a hearing with mary tyler moore that's neat. I wasn't alive yet because he's been our congressman since before I was alive. I also wasn't alive yet. Isn't that nice? Where were you born? I'm older than you. I'm a 80, 1984 model. I'm an 84 too model. Late, late 80. I'm a December 84. So I'm technically, if it was a car, I'd be an 85. Because I think the last three months yeah. of the year becomes the next. Correct. So, so technically 84, if we're looking at regular ca- people, cars, I'm an 85 <laughs> model, but, but I'm, a, I'm a human being. Correct. <laughs> December 21st. That's my husband's birthday. I'll tell you a quick funny story about that. So <laughs> I grew up in New Mexico, moved here in 04. So when I was growing up, uh, the year I turned 15, in December 21st, mm-hmm. in New Mexico at the time, you could get your license, your driver's license at the age of 15. Ooh. But they passed a law. Starting January 1st. Yes. Yeah. I did, you, you, just, you got your license a whole year early. Well, no, what happened was I got it on my 15th birthday in 84, 94, I guess, what, 99? And a lot of my friends turned, six, you know, 15 and right. late after, after January 1st. So they passed a law where they put this whole new system in place with, like, restricted permit. Right. And you have to get so many hours. And it's like, but weren't you grandfathered in? I got my, yeah, it didn't start till January 1st. So, so me, my friend, you know, Brandon, Steve, and a bunch of us turned. You were the last. So all these other people, they, friends, they got, they turned 15 or whatever after January 1st. So they had to get like a whole different restrictive license and so many hours. Yeah. You couldn't drive past midnight and you had to have somebody. They have that in Alaska now. So I got mine. I got my full fucking, (laughs) full on driver's license. Right before the deadline. 10 days. (laughs) God, I, I bet you were so worried about passing no i was fine i, mean, I just I, mean like if you had failed you no, would have well i went to like a driver's ad and yeah i I'm was just saying i was good i just needed but it was so yeah empowering and freeing to have that because a lot of my <laughs> friends they couldn't ever and so, you're just but, cruising around at age 15 but the the um the bad part about it was i was one of the kind of few people in our group that had the license yeah, so you so had to do all the driving. I'm the I'm the guy. Oh, Jeff, because a lot of them had these like licenses they couldn't drive past midnight. Yeah. <laughs> and when I first moved to Alaska, you you were born and raised here. There was. I actually had a deal where I was working at Boston's Pizza in New Mexico. I was a server. Did you get transferred to Boston's up here? I did. So when I decided to move to Alaska, <laughs> this is a true story. So in New Mexico, believe this. In New Mexico, you could serve alcohol at 19. Yeah. A lot of states you could do that. Yeah, you so, used to in Alaska. 
So I find out they have a Boston's here. I'm, I'm decided to move to Alaska. How old are you? I was 19. Okay. And I got up here and I went to the Boston's and they were like, yeah, we expected you and you know, you can, you can work here and here's your apron. And then they go, no, they go, wait a minute, you're 19. I go, yeah. They go, you have to be 21 to serve alcohol in Alaska. Yeah. I go, oh, fuck. So they made me a cook. But you don't know how to cook. I mean, it was like a line cook. Right. You know, did it for a few months. Hated it. Yeah, that doesn't seem Just like hated it. But I was going from, you know, working in the bar and the mm-hmm. restaurant in New Mexico, making, making 200, 300 <laughs> on a good night. I can't believe that's how you came to Alaska. That's not how I came. I was coming anyways. I decided to move here. But I then know, I realized but like, there was a Boston's up here, and I was like, oh, I wonder if they could, can I work there? And they were like, come on, you sure. know, come on up, you know. We're transferred not, we're not paying for shit you know? <laughs> <laughs> if you come up here well, well you can, i mean you, you can, can work. work here if you want to man because i went through the um when they opened boston's in albuquerque mm-hmm. i was like they were opening and they were hiring and i was like oh, i should be a server and i went through the whole like corporate boston's training wow. like i was a cor- like they flew in people from canada and what? It is it very- a canadian company oh yeah yeah i didn't know that so they closed the one here and then it was that remember that that one that got the crossbar they like had some embezzling or something. Remember yeah. that? Oh yeah, hockey they put bar. The, they put the chain on the door. Yeah. And then now it's Matt Madness now Brewing. It's Matt Nuska Brewing. We love Matt Tomter. We love Matt Tomter. Did a podcast with him. He, he actually did the the fly in pizza deal in Nome a long time ago. Yep. And mm-hmm. I I'm actually uh, volunteering with my friend Nick uh, this Saturday. Kenchalo. Kenchalo. I like I like saying Kenchalo. You say it wrong. Know, um, like at Matt Brewing in Palmer for its first ever concert there. Normally they do them in Eagle River, and but there's no dancing allowed in Anchorage right now. No yeah, dancing. We're the uh, fucking footloose here. Yeah, and so it's being moved you gotta, to you Palmer. You gotta leave some room for Jesus. Gotta leave some room for Jesus. So we're coming to Palmer, and we're gonna um, sell slices of pizza for five dollars, and all the proceeds go to Matsu Special Santa, wow. courtesy of Nick Kenchelo. Like that guy. But speaking of that, we had dinner a few months ago. It was, and it was just like a month ago. Whatever. You owe me money, and Nick owes me dinner because <laughs> I, I bet David Eastman was going to win. Yep. And I did not think David Eastman was I going saw to that pull coming. it out. I did not. I thought Jesse Sumner was going to win. And I now owe Jeff Landfield $200. I will, I will. Like I told you, if, if, we can, if I can get it immediately, I'll settle for 100 because I like you. It, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> you didn't tell me that. <laughs> and maybe, maybe some, you know, some whiskey. For, you need some quick cash. No. All right. Trying to. That's nice. Bad, look a little bad. I'm going to pay up. I'm gonna, I, I pay you got a good job. Plus, you're elected official. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah I make gotta, a ton yeah. of money on that. Yeah, we got we to gotta get paid up here just so there's no uh, impropriety. <laughs> uh, so, what, it's about two weeks post-election central. Yeah. yeah what, which, a, what a night that was. Which I, I didn't tell you this. I'm just telling you this right now. There was some emails and some correspondence um, I later heard about from, like, Lake owners, homeowners. Oh, really? Like how, during the event? How could this during be and after? Happen? How the fuck are they on Campbell Lake? Do they not recognize the house? No, they did. Oh, did we? No. Did we get our friend give, in trouble? He doesn't give a shit. But it was an amazing event. It, people genuinely believed that it was a, a green screen. It looked so. so, so someone told pristine. me they were, they were like, they were convinced it was a green screen until they saw like something moving. Yeah, like I was like inviting people to come kayak for that reason because it legit didn't look real. I went back and rewatched it, and there was it was so cool. One of the funniest parts was when I was Taryn Hughes at the end. When it oh, looked like because oh, of her hair and her, what she was wearing, like a, like a string. She looked like a, she might not have been wearing a top. What's it called? A halter? A spaghetti strap? Spaghetti strap. And um, tank top. I was like, I went back and watched it, and 
I was just like, you look really good right now. Oh my god! <laughs> and then there was you these... said that, and then I'm just glaring at you. Because you have that face problem. I have a face problem. You can't. Uh, what's it called? No. Well, it's not a resting bitch face. I just can't hide my emotions. Oh yeah, you can't. You have to whatever your emotion is. You show, I show it. it. No poker face. You also have secondhand embarrassment. Oh god, so much of it. So much secondhand embarrassment. I've got a little bit of that. Um, if it's real life, if it's a movie, a little bit. But if it's like real life, oh god, it's so awful. Like a debate or. Some things you happening. hitting on someone in front of me. I don't do that. <laughs> no, you don't. What was what, what was that one girl's name at the Simon and Seaver? I don't, I don't know oh name. God! But then the she, the, was very, she was very nice. I have to go back and visit her. Actually, I know the restaurants closed down right after that, and so you uh, I missed, missed my, your chance. I had a window. You had a window. She was interested. Oh, I know. She wasn't at first. She you, got. She got there. By the time we got to the end of dinner, you really grew on her. I'm trying to think. Was it Angelica? No. No. If it was, I mean, I would like to marry, I don't, I don't want to get, I'd like to get married, but I'd, for some reason, I think an Angelica, that'd be a good. You're going to put a name restriction on who no, you're going to marry now? I'm not putting a restriction. I'm just saying if her name was Angelica, I think that'd be a cool. <laughs> that'd be a bonus. Wife. <laughs> hey, this is my wife, Angelica. An angel. Uh, okay. So anyway, so Election Central, I think it went pretty well. We had a great team. We had a great team. Um, Kale kind of stepped in at the last second. Uh, he wasn't expected to be there, and then we, we, he he got um, he got brought up. He was the JV. Yeah, and he, he got, got called, called up. up. He was like the minor league. He was in the minor leagues. And he called got much of the big show. Triple A got pulled into the big leagues. He, he did, really batted a thousand. He did really good. And it was good to have a balance of left and right and middle. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. We sat in order of our political spectrum. <laughs> we, it, we that was did. my first time not sitting in the middle. The best part, I don't know if you realize, Hunky Lee oh just God, posted on my Hunky wall, Lee. Facebook wall, a couple of days ago, and he basically apologized for his kind drunken of, behavior. Kind he was, of. He was, like, basically telling, like, Dr. Dan and Pax, and he was going to, like, fight him. Yeah. In the comments. In the comments, yeah. It, I was watching the whole he thing. He was just getting more and more intoxicated, and I'm just like, you need to go to bed, honey. He said he would do a podcast with me. Oh, I can't even imagine what that would... The secondhand embarrassment would be thick for me on that. He's a lawyer. Pass the bar. Yeah, but he doesn't practice law. But, I mean, just passing the bar. I bet I could pass the bar. Uh, You You want to bet $200 on it? Yeah. I think you have to have a law degree to take the bar. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's, like, an online one. Maybe we can, like, talk to him and... We can do, like, a mock (laughs) bar. If I pass a mock bar exam. But I want to go... I want to go, you know, odds... So if you don't pass it, I get six hundred, four hundred. No, it's a no, double or no, no. We're gonna get no. We're gonna throw some odds on that. You okay? All right, six hundred. Can I make installments? I don't even know if we can sell. I just kind of. I think we should just kind of sell the first bet, <laughs> and then you know we'll go. I need from an there. opportunity to win my money back. Also, Nick owes me dinner. I have him in my. In my I put it in my note. My, I get to attend the dinner though. You, 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 so, folks, you can't hear it because this is a really good sound system in the KONR studio. We have these brand new mics. Brand high, new mics. High-end mics. We're in the recording studio. But there's a guy in the next door recording studio. He's in the live he's radio. He's in the live radio right now. So if you are tuned in, this isn't live, so it doesn't matter. But he is rocking out. He's jamming. And I'm going to tell you, it's a little later in the evening right now. He's in there by himself, and he is just... Just some, some kind of some. I can't even tell what genre that some is. Some like 70s glasses. He looks like he might be. He no. doesn't listen to this podcast, guaranteed. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. And I don't listen to that kind of music. So now, um, looking forward, I, I do want to uh, do another epic election central general. We will. And I asked. Do you the, think we'll be able to 
do it in person somewhere? Probably not. Probably not. I mean, difficult. But mm-hmm. I asked, I asked the ADN if they wanted to hop on, and they're considering it now. Now that have, you are no longer a part of the general election, is that correct? That's that's the that's correct. I have withdrawn, which I think most people know about. I can't even handle it. I got to ask you something. All right. And I heard this. So they switched out Jim Cooper, right? Is that his name? They they put Jim Cooper they, in for Stephanie Jeffers. Who was, she was on our uh, election central for the assembly race in April, which was like peak COVID. Peak quarantine. God, that was. She stayed on for like an hour or two. Drinking wine and, and her, her cab- dog. In her cabin. Yeah. So, man, that guy's music just got louder. He's doing it. Maybe he is listening to us. I don't know. So, so they put in Jim Cooper, the former mayor of Palmer, for Jeffers. They did the Monday was deadline. Yeah, I have, now, it just really you you know maybe more than I do. Has that always been something that you can do? Oh yeah. I don't love it. It's just. Well, I mean, it's great. I'm glad people put their names out there, but the whole placeholder thing is weird. I think it's good. You know, like. Somebody, but it has to be someone that didn't have an opponent in the. Well, they had to win the primary. Oh. So I you, see. you can actually switch out before the primary too. Well, yeah, that there's makes another, sense. There's another deadline. It's June 30th this year. But, I mean, the, the reason it makes sense is because if you have an incumbent who's, like, you know, pretty much guaranteed to win, it's good to have somebody there as a, quote, placeholder. Yeah. And believe me, that can go fucking wrong. Yeah, um, sure fucking can. But you, in case that person loses, something happens, they might die, you know, anything could happen. You want to just have somebody there, just, you know, just yeah, in case. Yeah, just in case, in the, in the wings. But what I've learned is uh, this placeholder bullshit <laughs> and not come always. back to bite you. So I heard that um, they asked you to fill in for because Jeffers was a placeholder. Um, I was asked, yes. Like, like asked by like a friend or asked like by serious people I, who, who, who could I arrange was, it. I was asked. So you would have gone in and you would have ran against Shelly Hughes and this guy who he dropped out, Gavin Christensen. He was the one doing these like four a.m. crazy fucking Facebook videos talking yeah, about his ex-wife. I never and saw any of it, but yeah, I heard he was a divorce, little. He said the divorce lawyer was like doing coke and meth with the ex-wife. Whoa, crazy shit! I didn't get to see any of it. So that. he dropped out, but he dropped it after the deadline. Oh, so, so he's still going to be on the ballot. He's still on the ballot. Oh, that's tricky. But because anybody, I mean, you could have people just who don't do nothing. They're just names on there, and they get seven, eight percent. As Dustin Darden, and he gets more. He got 11, 10, 11 percent. So people who are in, in the party, people in the position to put you in there, asked you. There were people that asked, yes. And you said no. I said no. How come? Um, I, my kids are really young, and I don't want them to have to change schools. I don't want them to live in Juno right now, and I'm not ready. That's what I think a lot of folks don't realize. And I, I, you know, spent the last two sessions there, and it's a huge commitment. You don't even realize it until you go. I mean, because to come back and forth and. Do I leave my family here and I go by myself and then I just see them when I see them? Because like Zach Fields has two young kids yep. or one. Sarah has brings Sarah two has kids. Two. And there's a lot of people that make it work and I'm sure I could make it work, but I'm just um, really committed to serving Palmer longer. Um, I'm not sure that's even the direction I want to go as far as state house or state senate. State senate, that's a big one. I think though. I just want to skip all that and go straight to go. Was, was any of your consideration like gov? I'm... <laughs> Do you, want to, do you want to tell them? Gov, Lieutenant Gov. Remember that thing I told you? We have this kind of idea, maybe we'll be a ticket. We'll be a ticket. But what did I, you got, you got real mad at me. This is like, <laughs> this is like a month ago. Yeah, so then he decides to run for Senate, and then he's like, so now if we do the Gov, Lieutenant Gov, I guess I'll be Gov. If I win. If I win, Sabrina, I'm going to need to be the governor, and you can be Lieutenant Gov. If I was a senator, because that would only make sense, right? I mean, No, it would not make sense. How can I be second on the ticket if I'm the senator? Because you know better. Because, Jeff, sometimes someone's just better for the job. Well, sometimes... Right? If anybody... Fu- 
If anybody knows that, come on. <laughs> so should we talk about that? We'll, we'll, I want to switch the tables we'll talk here. About, wait, first I want to just say, um, was any part of your consideration, because you're in a Republican area, it would just be no. very unlikely you could, you could win that seat? Absolutely not. That's not a consideration ever. I, I think that the person who's best for the job can win if they are the best person for the job. Yeah, but come on. These districts are drawn certain ways, and I think a Republican's a, not going to win in downtown. I think a far-left Democrat would not have a chance of winning, um, but I don't think I'm a far-left Democrat. I think I'm a Alaskan Democrat who's born and raised here, and I know how to talk to people on both sides. Right, yeah, me too, but you do I mean, you acknowledge, like, if you're in a district where there's, you know, two-to-one Republican registrations or Democratic registrations. Then, yeah, my chances would be difficult. But I think that when you build a reputation of trust in an area for a long time, which I'm, I'm working on, the possibilities are endless. you got those fair people. <laughs> you always bring up the fair. They like you. I, li- I love the fair. Remember our roving podcast we did? We never even posted it. God, we did this podcast walking around the fair. We thought it was going to be awesome. It was fun, we but it weird- just did not pan out. We had, we had the I had the unit. We had the... Had the recording unit, and we had the XLR cables, the the headphones, the microphones. We, we interviewed some people. Everyone was drunk. Yeah, that one guy was so. Remember the older guy who was either from like Tennessee or something. Yeah. And then the other guy was like him and his. It's like three of them, and it's just, just hard to get people to like. They were fade. give any good content. They were faded. Yeah. There was a concert too that just got out. Yeah, and that old couple that were high as hell. Oh, yeah. They're like, we smoked a lot of weed. I think I still have that somewhere. Like, oh, One day you should throw back and throw it on. Like, <laughs> we mem- should do it now, actually, since the fair is canceled. My memory card. Yeah. I can't believe there's no... That must be... I mean, you posted a pic. You were at some, uh, what, some little booth or some business that usually is at the fair. Oh, yeah. I had peanut potatoes out at Bush's Bunches because I was missing them. You look like you worked at Home Depot. You had like an orange. Oh, no, that's from the fair. That was a picture from a fair past. Okay, but you still looked like you were like in Home Depot. I know, and people got mad about that. Um, I I commented that, and they were like, fuck you, Jeff. Like, why would you? It was was Cassie, and she did not say that. I was like, it's a joke. Uh, She, um, yeah. Uh, No, I, that's my job at the fair is I run a booth called Ask Me About the Fair, and people come and ask me questions, and I get volunteers, and. Tell me the truth. Like, you, you must get some dumb questions. Oh, my God. So many dumb questions. But it's my favorite thing because, like, I love people watching, and there's no better place in Alaska to people watch than at the fair. And then I get asked questions that are just astounding. I was in Skagway. I lived in Skagway in 2008. We had a store, a little business there, me and a friend. Yeah. Had like, a store off Broadway. By the way, if you ever do a business in Skag- anywhere like that, Skagway, anywhere... You don't want to be off the fucking Broadway. No. You, you, you don't want to be, you like, even be- if you're, a, like, like, 30 feet... If your then store no is going, you see motherfuckers all day long, go back and forth, walking back and forth on the main road and you can see them and they can like see you, but they don't, they don't mm-hmm. walk 30 feet. Nope. Anyways, um, um, people, you know, cruise ship on a busy day, you had three or four cruise ships, you mm-hmm. have 10, 12, 15,000 people in Skagway. Yeah. It's packed and you'd have everybody from lower 48, Australia, Europe, yeah. all over the world. And the questions that would oftentimes get asked to me, yeah. people in the store, cause I'm friendly, I'm talking to folks. How high above sea level are we? I know. You just got off the boat. I'm, I'm like literally looking at the fucking ocean. Zero feet. You know, I'm like four, I don't know, eight. <laughs> and then. I used to have people at, when I worked at the gift shop in Anchorage, they'd say, do you know how much Denali weighs? Well, I don't know the last time we put her on a scale. Speaking of that, I got to tell you this. I just, this came to mind. I'm wearing my new glasses. I don't, I have, I have good vision. I have 20, 20, 20, 30, but Dr. Dan. Dr. Dan. Dr. Dan. He said, you need glasses. Ursa Optical. And I'm going to tell you, Dr. Tan was right. 
You look dapper. He said dapper. What's his uh dapper Dan? Speak. That's from I'm blanking on his last name for oh my Voland? god. Uh, Voland, Doctor Daniel <laughs> Voland. Um, when I was over there, picking up my glasses, mm-hmm. very nice lady who works for him, the the glasses kind of expert. She knows you. What's her name? I forget, but she used to work with you at the store, the the gift shop. Oh, um, is it Jamie? Yeah, like like kind of uh, Hawaiian. Hawaiian? Hawaii, yes. Oh my yes. god, Jamie San Jose. She works for Doctor Dan. Oh my gosh. Because like she because she she saw he brought up and. I think she had seen the election central or something. Yeah. So that's that's what's happening. Oh my with that. gosh. Yeah, she used to work at like um She mentioned the gift shop. Yeah, she did work at the gift shop. Pour me a little pour me a little whiskey there. Yeah. You don't like the mandarin orange seltzer water mixer, do you? No, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't mind it. I'm a straight. I'm not gonna lie, I don't mind it. All right, I I'd like to uh I was wanna finish though. They used to always ask me the elevation. Um, they would say, do you take American? Yeah. Oh that that gets asked all like, even in Anchorage they ask, Do you take American money? Because I mean, it's like Okay, we're close to Canada. All right. Like, I once you- had enough and I sent them. I was, actually, no, we don't. But there's a First National Bank of Alaska just one block away on 4th here. And if you go down there, oh, they'll wow. exchange out your money. Probably confused people at the bank. They left. The other um, thing mm-hmm. was, um, uh, what what time zone are we in? What time zone? And I go, we're, you know, Alaska. They said, oh, I don't know if it changes when we get off the boat. <laughs> I go, why would that? We're not on a border. Isn't that um, something? What else would they ask me? I get these. It was like oh, the same so questions. questions. Uh, the, the one that always was. Are tra- we in the United States? Yeah. I would always get, they would say, are you native? And that means something different here. When people ask you if you're native, you're, they're asking if you're like native. Oh, like, uh, yeah. Are you like but native? But really what of, they yeah. meant to, are you, is, are, are you, you from a, here? Are you a native? Yeah. And so then you're like, well, I'm from here, but I'm not native. And they'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah. We, uh, At the fair, they ask much different questions. <laughs> yeah. Because you're Where these, is the closest Beer garden. <laughs> Correct. Well, and you know, when I was at the fair too. I had a booth there for two years in 08 and 09. Selling those spinny things. Wind spinners. Wind spinners. But I was like staying the night a lot in the tent. And it's a different there's world a there whole, at night. Folks, there's a whole different Vendor culture. Vendor subculture. Like, like there's partying. There's the slush box. There's there's people sluice in their box. RV. Sluice box. Sluice. Sluice box. Sluice. Sluice box. Yeah. There's the people in the RVs and their campers partying. I, want, I once tripped over a couple that were... Engaged in um, hey, hey, hey. sexual a, activity. This is a family show. Is it? No. So I mean, <laughs> compared to landmine love, I don't it's know. Not it's not landmine love. But but no, they. Uh, I mean, I was like, wow, there's a tent, and I kind of was like, oh, excuse so, me, I'm sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Move on here. It was open. <laughs> the tent was open. They, <laughs> they were they were doing adult. Come on in. They were doing like adults. That's an do, invitation. Do sometimes. No, it was not. They were not inviting me. Believe me. <laughs> I want to switch the tables here. You always kind of interview people, and I'm going to interview you. You want it on my own podcast? On your own podcast, I would uh, like to before I, before I agree to this, I have to put in some ground rules. Now, what? A- I just want to talk about your recent uh, political foray, and some. I just want to ask some questions. All right, so we're gonna. I mean, we're not going to physically move, but we're going to essentially transfer the roles. Here. Dun dun dun! Yeah. Okay, so now from now on, from this point forward, you are the interviewer. Go. All right, folks, we're back. Is that right? Is that how uh, I started? I mean, you're, I, it's your show. <laughs> I don't know. What, why are you asking me? All right. So you were running for Senate District L against Natasha Van Imhoff. L is, L is not for Landfield. Not yet. <laughs> no, um, probably not ever because it's going to change in two years. So in one sentence, tell me why you wanted to run. I decided to run because I was very displeased with uh, Senator Van Imhoff and the way she treated 
people, her colleagues, me, others, her kind of approach and attitude and some of her positions as well, but, but basically just the way she treated people. Just the way. And so she's my senator, you know, she's your senator. Yep. Um, a lot of people, and there was an article about this, um, written, written, it was an interview with you. Was it with Matt Buxton? Yeah, the Midnight Sun article, yeah. Um, you know, that you were for real, that you weren't kidding around. A lot of times people have known you as a jokester and a little bit Yeah, when I first rambunctious. When I filed a lot of, there was oh, kind of like, this think is a, gim- a gimmick, a joke, it's like for the landmine, it's not real. But, and you have run before. Mm-hmm. Um, and you received how much of the vote then? In 2012, I ran as kind of a, first time running, I was 27, I was like kind of the tea party. Oddly enough, I was the guy running against Lisa McGuire, um, against the coalition. I was young, and you know, you're around. Pe- you're in politics. You're around people. You're Did somebody around. ask you to run? Uh, no. So actually, initially, I was running against Chris Tuck. I filed to run for the House. Our friend Chris Tuck. Yeah, a lot of Republicans were like, "We want." They've been trying to get rid of Chris forever since 2008, and I'd been in pol- get more involved through my job and going to RDC and the chamber and learning about the budget, and I got really concerned about that. So I filed to run against Tuck. In 2011, late 2011. Actually, true story, I had a fundraiser at Diamond Center Hotel in December. It was like November or December. It was late 2011. It was a fucking blizzard. Like, it was a full-on blizzard. And it was was co-hosted by Wes Keller and Bill Stoltz. No. And they both showed. It was, was like, seriously a blizzard. I mean, it was was snowing. How many people came? Maybe 30, 35, 40. So how much money did you raise for that campaign? For for the House campaign? Yeah. Um, Well... What happened was I had filed with APOC is kind of just, I didn't specify House or Senate. Not because I was being strategic. I just didn't know you had to pick one. Oh. And you did have, you don't have to actually. You can okay. keep it open if you're going to, not sure what you're going to do. So I was going and I was raising money. I had people supporting me. And last minute, uh, I think it was April or May, uh, Lisa Vaught, who's now Lisa Simpson, mm-hmm. staffer, worked for Gabrielle Ledoux. Mm-hmm. She's like a co Right now, she's like a co-conspirator. She's under indictment on the election stuff. Yeah. She filed against me in the primary, in the Republican primary. And what I later found out was that she was kind of put up to it by Republicans, some some Republicans who didn't know me and weren't weren't sure about me, and which is okay. You know, I'm I'm young, and who's this guy? So I kind of got a little mad. And I said, well, what the fuck? I've been doing all this work. I've been knocking on doors. I've been raising. I didn't really know what I was doing back then, but I knew enough to kind of. Right. Do it. And you're a huff and puffer guy. So throughout the whole, and now and i, I got to qualify this, Lisa McGuire and I, we were like arch rivals, probably the worst you could imagine. Now we're actually good. Yep, you're on you know, good we're, terms. We're I've, great, great I've terms. witnessed it with my own eyes. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm just giving explanation here and historical. She was um, in the coalition. She, uh, you know, wasn't rude to me. I just, we never had really back then great interactions. I mean, it was okay. So weren't, was so that was a three-way primary? No, no, she was unopposed in the primary. So I told myself, um, you know, if I'm going to be in a primary, let me be in like a meaningful primary. So you got off the ballot with So Lisa I switched in May. And you went to Liesl. Yes. <laughs> and part of that was out of spite. And part of it was like, look, I mean, she, this coalition at the time was a Most big deal. Most of it because we were 27. Yeah. Accurate. Yeah. But it was a coalition thing was a big, everybody was talking about it. And there so was how much a, money did you raise? Oh, like 12 grand. And how much of the vote did you get? I got 45%. Isn't that something? And, and it was pretty surprising because nobody saw that coming. No. There was a poll. I much later heard there was a poll that um, that showed it was close. 
like a month out. Mm-hmm. And that's when the money, that's when they started pouring in money. And I, I remember thinking like, fuck, where's all this coming so, from? Mail and signs. And there was almost all this stuff happening that I didn't see before. Yeah. Cause I was out knocking doors and I didn't have money, but I was knocking doors. Mm-hmm. And if one thing you have, it's ne- your ability to talk to people. I'll never forget this. It was a, it was a Friday or Saturday before the election on Tuesday, the primary. And I was at Bernie's <laughs> and I saw, now we're cool too. We were always cool, but like, you know, you're running yeah. on somebody, you're, yeah, you're you automatically, it, it makes people. Yeah. I saw Mike Pavlowski, Fish, who was her, you know, campaign manager, chief of staff. He was like working for her. I always th- forget that that's his name. <laughs> yeah, the Fish. He's just Fish. Who, now he's Senator Murkowski's chief of staff. Great guy. Great guy. He, um, I went up to him at the Bernie's and I said, look, you know, whatever happens, I just want to say this, none of this personal and, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, hopefully when this is all over, we can just kind of move, move past this. Um, I'll never forget this. He, he goes, you know, even if you win, you're not going to win the general. Oh. And I was like, what does that mean? Because Rosalind Casey, she was the Democrat. She was running as a Democrat at the time. Are and, you kidding? No. And I was like, they aren't going to support. I didn't know what that meant, you know. I, yeah, I, what, what did that mean? I don't know. To this you would have won. Eh, probably, yeah. But anyways, I got 45. I mean, it was shocking. It was like. People were kind of like, how'd this guy, he got no money. Okay. So that but, was but 2011. Part of that was, she was, you know. Yeah. The coalition thing was out there. Kind of like this last, this last election. Then you ran again in 2016. I did. And that was going to be the Liesl rematch. But then. But she didn't, she filed and then pretty quickly said, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not going to run for re-election. And so Natasha Von Eimhoff put her name in. Yeah. So it was me and Natasha up until. May of 16. And at this time, you were a registered Republican. I was running in the Republican primary. It was me and her until May. She was formerly on the school board. and uh, obviously Did you know her at all? No, I hadn't seen her around. I, she was on the school board. She, you know, I knew she was a Rasmus. I knew she had a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last minute, Craig Johnson filed, who was 24's house rep. Mm-hmm. He filed for the Senate. And he ran this bizarre campaign as like, I'm going to give you I'm like PF, full PFD or something. So it was a three-way primary, yeah. which we have all learned doesn't work. They, they're they very unpredictable. And what happened in that race was I went after Natasha. And then Craig hit me with what, what um, my friend Pat Foster at AT Publishing described as the hardest political hit mailer he's seen in 30 years. Oh, have you seen this one? I don't think so. It's me and the Speedo. It's like oh. said and censored. Yeah. Alaska's worst nightmare. I mean, yeah, it was just I've a, seen it. It yeah. was just, it was strong. I mean, it was a mailer. Yeah. It was a hit. So how much of the vote did you get on that? Like 23 or 24%. So almost a third. Yeah. So, so Craig and I split, Craig got 28, 29, and Craig, I got third. Craig and I split essentially and, and Natasha got 52, I, I guess. Wow. And so, so how much money did you raise for that campaign? Uh, that one I raised about 40, but I had run, I had filed a year before the election. So I'd filed in summer 2015. Right. So I'd raise money for, you know, a year. I had a lot, a lot more time. So I want to, like, pause here for a second and just kind of re- reflect. Like, for those of you that don't know, it, you know, you hear that he raised $40,000. That's a lot of money. And forty is small for it. Natasha but, in that race raised almost 250000 Yeah. I mean, things cost so much money in an election. Um, mailers, ads, staffers. Uh, just everything, everything adds up. Just buying Facebook time, buying, and you know, in 2016, that wasn't even as big of a thing. But actually, back in, I was thinking in 2012, I was talking with Kale about this recently. Back in 12, you could, it was fucking Wild West. I mean, you could just oh, yeah. place an ad, 
boost it. It was immediately approved. You could do whatever you wanted. I just was, got my Facebook ad approval thing. It is not easy to post yeah. political ads on no, Facebook. In twelve, it was the fucking wild west. Yeah. You, could, you could you could just it was just pay for it. I had to do I it, had done. seven steps of verification today. It yeah. was a nightmare. In twenty twelve, there was nothing. It was just like you have paid, you put money behind it, okay, and you put it out there. So you ran two campaigns pretty successfully. I mean. Aside from not winning, they were still well-ran well, six, campaigns. You know, in 16, though, I look back at that, and that was, um, you know, when I was going through my page and getting rid of some of the old stuff from last, <laughs> I was just kind of, you know, for the new campaign, I was clearing it. Yeah. And I was watching some of the old videos and from 16, and it was fun. We had a good time. I, I won the social media election, right. which doesn't mean shit. But it was a little bit childish. There, there was um, right. kind of some of the videos were just, uh, you know, I don't want to say it was like cringeworthy, but you look back and you're like, this wasn't a serious campaign. Right. So it was fun. It was fun. Then you did what I think most people should do when they decide that they want to represent people. You learn about the process and you did that in a totally different way. You flew down to Juneau for two sessions in a row and you cover the news there. First I went to Australia. We're going to get a gap year. I had to get the hell out of here for a minute. Yeah. You had a gap year. And then you came back and you decided that you wanted to make a name for yourself in politics, not but, necessarily as an elected official, but as someone who makes things more transparent for people. But to be clear, um, when I started Landmine, um, I, I had no political ambitions to run for office. I mean, not, not, not like any specific. I mean, I think generally I No, I think I that would, you wanted to inform people what was going on. Right. I wasn't doing this to run. run. I didn't decide to run for this last election until, until Mar- until I'll tell you that story, in March of, March of this year. I had no desire, um, no plan to do that until late March. And I'll, I'll tell that story. But but I did through the landmine being in Juneau. And I used to think, you know, we need to get rid of them a long time ago, get, switch them out, get new people, blah, blah, blah. And what I, what I learned was it's good to have turnover, but you want to have some of the people stay. Yeah, not but too much some turnover. people are there for the right reasons well, and because some it, people are not. Well, not even that. Just knowing, knowing how to, like, do, knowing the process, mm-hmm. knowing how shit works. Yeah. Um, it's a complicated process there's a lot of moving parts and we saw last time in 2018 there was like you know, tw- 11 or 12 new house members elected 12 new house members i think it was a total of 20 new I mean, it was, members it was just, of the it was, legislature it was totally like chaos you, know, you don't get anything done fire hose everything's coming at you you know the people that have been there a while they, they know but the people who haven't been there have no idea and unfortunately they come in there with a little bit of cockiness and they come in there thinking I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And some of them get stuff done. And when you get way too many people, what happens is the people who are experienced that have been around a long time, they're empowered. Mm -hmm. And the other people who are empowered, and I'm not knocking them because I know a lot of them and they're part of the process, but these lobbyists who have been around, they know more than almost everybody, especially the ones that have been around since, you know, the eighties. Yeah. They know exactly what's going on. They've seen it all. Mm -hmm. So you don't know unless you know. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's a very high stress, and I saw it from a different angle, Yeah, but you still see it. So you watch the process, you learn the process, you figured out how things happen, you figured out how things work, you learned a lot about Alaskan politics and where you, what direction you wanted to see them go, so what made you decide in March to run? So it was COVID, the Capitol was closed, I got a text, it was Sunday afternoon at like 2 o'clock, I'm writing my column in the Driftwood. By the way, love the Driftwood. Shout out to the Driftwood. Folks, if you're in Juneau, you've got to stay at the Driftwood. I'm it's, really hoping I get to come down this session just to stay at the Driftwood. It's where it's at. Uh, so I sleep on your couch. You have slept on the couch before when you're there for the AML. That's correct. 
Now we've, in the past, we've had some issues with that yep. wording. But I stay an extra day just to sleep on the driftwood couch. It's a nice couch. Definitely want a little sheet. You know, yeah, it's a, like a leather, fake leather couch. Depends what room you're in. I stay in 102. <laughs> anyway, so it's uh, 2 o'clock on a Sunday. I get a text, get, get over to the Capitol right now. And I go, why? It's Sunday. It's COVID. The Capitol's closed. I had a press pass. Nobody's there. Yeah. Which would let me in. He was very proud of his press pass. Well, well, you know, I really didn't. I mean, I wanted it, but it ended up coming in real handy because when they closed the Capitol, that got that got me in. At the end of the session, there was a legislator's staff, and there was me and James Brooks. Yep, that's right. There was like nope. I mean, other reporters weren't there. Media wasn't there. There was no public, no lobbyists. You were allowed to be in the Capitol. Building. I was because I had a press just, pass. You had a press pass. So me and James Brooks at one point were like the only non-legislative employees, legislators. Yeah, lobbyists weren't allowed. No one wants. So, I, had this little, I had this little key fob, and I was like, ooh-wee, that. What was a key fob? To get in the building. Oh, yeah. So, okay, so someone tells you to get down to the Capitol. Building. Yeah, so I said, why? They go, trust me, get to the Senate Finance Room. So I said, okay. So, you know, a good, good person that would know. So I go over there, <clears throat> go to the Senate Finance Room. I, I, you know the big doors and yeah. this huge room? beautiful doors. So I get there, and I see some people kind of outside. I turn the corner, and I see the doors were closed, which I thought was kind of weird. And there's a sign in the door. It says, like, private conference call keep out but i look in the window and i could see like half the senators were in there and natasha was at the head of the table like running a meeting like you'd have a you know a senate finance meeting all these senators were in there and i could hear people on the phone like testifying my first thing was like what the fuck is this and my second thought was like this is an open meetings like violation you can't do that and and in the, I'm, I'm maybe i'm can you have a private meeting in the capitol building no. 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 It's, everything is open to the public. It's I mean, a when, you have, when you have more than you know, so many senators. I mean, it's an open meeting. They don't follow open the, meeting the, act. The only exception they've they've made is is to have you know caucus like strategy meetings. Right. But but when you have people testifying, talking about stuff, no, no. That's so definitely, a handwritten sign on the door. It was typed typed out. Oh, typed. Um. So I see a few senators, I see some staff, and I kind of said like, "What's going on?" And they kind of at that point they like seen me and said, "Oh fuck!" Like yeah, like r- the wrong guys here. And to, to be fair, what I found out what happened later, they were just told to come. They didn't really know what it was. She had set it up. And what I could hear on the, you know, um, mic, you know the microphone, sound. well, I could hear it, but, you know, it was, it was like Native Corporation executives calling and testifying. And they were getting five minutes, ten, they were getting a long time. Because normally you get three. Two, or two. If it's, you know, there's too many, the meeting just ends. So I'm like, what the hell's going on? So a few senators come out and look at me and didn't really say much. And then eventually Bert Stedman came out. I was like, what's going on? That guy. He goes, what's going on here? Like, I don't know. You tell me. I mean, there's a sign on the door. What are you guys talking? What's going on in there? He's like, hold, just wait right here. Come, hold on. I'll be right back. So he comes back like a minute later. He, he looks at me. Tears. What made them come out? Were you causing a ruckus? Uh, well, no, I was just, my, you could see me. I was like my outside the window and a few senators had come out and went back in. And I'm sure somebody was like, Landfield's here. Yeah. So he comes out and uh, looks and he comes back a minute later and he's like, Take, takes a, tears the sign down, crumbles it up, and it's like, this is a public room, public meeting. I was like, great. So I go in there, and I sit down in the, where the, you know, the gallery are, where the seats are. There's like, I'm the only one there, there's a few staff, but it's mostly just all the senators. Mm-hmm. And these like, you know, Native Corporation CEOs, like Thomas Mack, Michelle Anderson, Rex Rock, Jason Matroke, and they're getting like five, six, seven, eight minutes talking about the budget, talking they're about- They're on the, the phone. Oh yeah, they're all calling in, talking about the dividend, talking about whatever. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, I think it was a meeting to kind of provide some cover maybe, but it's kind of a bad look when like the millionaire CEOs are right. talking about the dividend. Like, I don't care what your position is. But. Yeah. So eventually I get a note from her, st- her staffer and it's like, this is a 
conference private meeting. This is for COVID for social distancing. No. And I was like, okay. Like I just took a picture of it and put it on Twitter. Um, <laughs> exactly, exactly what I did. And then about 10 minutes, 10 more minutes go by. And that, by that point, two or three more people have testified. And I'm like tweeting everything out. I'm just like tweeting out what they're saying. Just like a normal committee hearing. And eventually Natasha finds out and just fucking loses it. During the meeting. Just start, starts yelling at me. Blogger! We have a blogger in the room! And I wish it was recorded. And, and I, like all these senators like Revac and Coghill and like Geisel, they're all like looking at me like with these eyes. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Everyone's eyes were like, it was like silent. And she's like apologizing to these like native corporation people. How embarrassing. And, you know, because like they're being, everything you're saying is being tweeted by this blogger! Mm-hmm. It, was, it was like full on. And I was just like, I was just, I, it took my, all my, you know, restraint, not <laughs> energy not to say anything. Was I almost, James in there? No, it was, no. I was the only one who was told about it. Okay. Um, the only thing I, I almost said this. It was like so, it was like, I was so close to saying this. Because she was like, you know, apologizing to these people and it's like not a private meeting and this and that. Yeah. And I almost said, this meeting is private like Campbell Lake is private. Oh God. That almost said that. Just been icing on the cake. Almost said that. So that's actually the moment I decided, because I remember a meeting where she, you know, where there was um, people testifying in the budget and the dividend, and there was, like, too many of them, and she got, like, angry because she's co-chair of the finance committee and, like, just, like, stormed out and, like, like slammed the door and, like, threw her glasses That made time for high-level millionaire executives. Not just time, special, like, like yeah. private time for as much time as they want. So that just, that, that was when I decided. I was like, I'm not going to, I don't. And no. not only was she treating you that way, but she was treating a constituent that way. She is, she is your senator. Mm-hmm. So then you decided to run. That was the moment I decided. I, before that, I had literally no desire, no plan. Um, but she already had a primary opponent, that Duplantis guy. Right. We know now almost beat her. And so that was enough to make you change your party. I decided that um, talking to some people and some friends and advisors that, you know, I think running as an independent would have been the move. And uh, and is that because you feel now that you are more of an independent or do you are, do you still consider yourself a Republican? No, I've always, I mean, I'm, I'm center-right. I'm fiscally conservative and mm-hmm. you know, I'm so socially kind of progressive, but um, I just looked at it and I said, you know, the primary is in August. If I wait till May or June 1st, that's only going to give me two months. Mm-hmm. If she had no primary opponent, I, I maybe would have done that. But, you know, the, the independent route with a petition, you can go to the general. Okay. So you get more time to raise money, more time to campaign. So I'll, I'm going to briefly skim over. So you d- you go out and you knock on over a thousand doors. Well, first I was watching to see if there's going to be a Democrat in the race. And up until the end of May, there was not, like May 29th. So I'm like so close, 28th. I'm like so close to June 1st. I'm like, great. I'm the independent, and then I can just run my race against, she has a primary, she has to deal with that. And that's when the Democrat filed last minute. And her name? Rosalind Casey. So this is the same person that was on the Democratic ticket when you ran against Liesl. 2012, and she got 33%. Okay. Against Liesl. And would you say... That she got that thirty three percent just because she was the Democrat on the ticket, and yes. people went in and they said, "I'm voting for a Democrat." Didn't do much. I mean, it had a little bit, but maybe a few anti lethal vote. But it's a Republican district. Do you like know? We were talking earlier. I mean, some of these districts are just they're, they're yeah. the, way, the way they do are. Do you know much about her? Does she sit on a city council or no? A, I mean, I mean she, a community she, she's council or anything been around like a long time. She worked for like Mike Gravel in the '70s. She's like a kind of a hard, you know, she's like a mm-hmm. true blue Democrat. Okay, um, so she gets on. Or as a placeholder, basically. She files last minute. I contact her, tell her my plans. Admits she's a placeholder. Um, tells me she's, you know, got a grandkid. She's not going to campaign. She basically just kind of 
I thought she was going to get out right then. Right. And she decided to stay on and she ends up going, um, telling me a little bit later she was going to stay on for the primary and then get out. Okay. So I'm, I'm, you know, I told her, I said, look, if you're going to run a campaign, if you're committed to being in the race, there's really, thank Sorry. you. Would you, did you just break this off? No, the, it was on the, it was on the table. Like, Sorry. I'm making background noise. Definitely like ASMR here. I know. I, that's why I touched it. So she, um, you know, if she would have told me in the beginning, I'm staying in the race, I'm running, like, that's it. Fuck you. I'm not getting out. You know, I, I would have had a real you conversation a with myself yeah. about, am I going to stay in the race in a three because I'm not going to win. Right. So the whole, my whole premise of staying in the race and campaigning and knocking on doors and working. Was that was it would it, be a head to head. Well, she was going to get out after the primary. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to skim over this. You knocked on over a thousand doors, right? About 1,200, yeah. 1,200 doors. You raised? 15,000. $15,000. And you sent out a mailer? Not yet? I did not because I wasn't on the ballot. And the one thing I regret in this deal was I, and I got talked out of it by somebody and you know they had information and we're operating, everybody operates on information they have. I was going to send out a mailer to Republicans. Asking bef- them. Before the primary to like chase absentees and just a general mailer, you know, say, cause Duplantis had an A rating from the NRA and she had a C. <laughs> and then I was also going to say she voted for like a decorated Navy SEAL Addie Shaw. Right. And a mailer. And I was going to send that out to, you know, 3000 people. And you didn't. I didn't. Because you were, at this point, you... So, someone mean, said it was a, a waste of money. Uh, you know, you, you don't want to be on the record supporting this guy. He's nuts. And I said, well, yeah, it's like, yeah. you vote for him, you you, you know, vote mm-hmm. for him so I can beat him, like Claire McCaskill. Right. You vote for him so I can beat and him And just like a little background, Stephen Duplantis, he doesn't believe COVID is real. He does not believe George Floyd is a real person. Basically a QAnon. Yeah. He um, does not, he didn't campaign. He had raised not, not even two grand. Yeah. Didn't do any door, I don't believe any door to door, no mail. So we fast forward to primary night. We're doing election central and the first numbers come in and. One precinct. Stephen Duplantis was ahead of Natasha Van Eymond. By, by one vote. And in, then, the fir- in that first precinct yeah. role we got. And then more precincts come in and the night ends with him ahead of her. 85 votes. Now, folks, I was sitting next to you. And you did a really good job of just maintaining your cool because you knew that this was going to happen. Well, I didn't. So what I knew was by t- knocking on the doors and talking to people and seeing everything, I, I knew there was a vulnerability. Yeah. I, I knew it wasn't going to be like some, you know, standard Republican election where you there's, no, there's no problems. They just they get 60% or 70% against the incumbent, you know? Yeah. So people are not happy. So... Then we still have tons of absentees. So absentees come in. Because of COVID. Because of COVID. And Natasha ends up ahead. She ends up winning by a couple hundred votes, yeah. So she wins the primary. So then you go to Rosalind Casey and say, okay, now you're getting out, right? And she says. Well, it wasn't just me. I mean, it was a lot of other people who, who you know, I got to thank them for, you know, big, big name folks going to bat for me and, and saying like, look, you know, you haven't campaigned. They, they, they. It was like, you know, it was party folks. It was different people, yeah. you know, permanent fund defender people. Cause she's part of that group. It was a lot of people went to her and said, you know, you got to get out. I mean, you haven't done anything. You haven't raised any money, you know. And, sp- and, and in a three-way race. She got some, delu- she got kind of delusions of grandeur seeing the results and thinking I can win. But and I just so expl- what she thought would happen is you and Natasha would split the vote and she would come out ahead. Well, she, she after she told some folks she was going to really think about it and it sounded like she was going to get out next day. Tells James Brooks, you know, she likes her chances in a three-way, which is just, it's crazy because it's, it, A, it's a Republican district. B, 
three-way, we saw what happened to Jason Grant in 2018. Dustin Darden got 11% as a Democrat. Jason got three-way always sounds good, but it really always ends up just being pretty messy. Bill, Bill Maher, Bill Maher a long time ago said that politics should be like sex. The more parties, the better. Wow. I wasn't comparing that to my rate. I'm just right. saying, you know. But it's just true. I mean, you get this, these Republican, Democrat, there's just dynamics and independent, you know, it's hard because you have to basically pull from both and you're trying to, you know, tell one side one thing and the other side, you know, something else and different messaging. And um, if I would have had 30 or 40 grand in the bank, I, I, I probably would have stayed in. Yeah. But I also, when I kind of signaled I was going to get out, if she, if she stayed in, I started getting calls from all kinds of elected officials begging me to stay in. Because, mm-hmm. you know, some people don't like her and different people have different. But what I learned in this whole thing, was, especially when I was looking like the guy when Duplantis was up, you know, all these people call me who would, who would never even look at me. Mm-hmm. What can we do for you? How can we help you? Isn't that something? I, mean, I, got, I, got a, I got a little look behind the curtain that most people never. It's a never, dirty, dirty game. It, it is dirty, but it's also, you know, you got to think too. It's also, and you're, Palmer City Council is not the legislature, but there's still people and there's oh, still. there's still games. There so are still games that are played. You want people who. Frankly, you want people who are strong people who can take care of themselves because if you're a weak person who can't negotiate and take care of yourself, you can't do anything for your district or for the state or whatever if you first can't put yourself in a position to do, to do those things. Yeah. And, um, you know, it just is, it is what it is. It, it is a little dirty, and, you know, you realize you have alliances, mostly not friend, not friendships. There's a few people that I consider, you know, friends, but so now a, in a politics. So now a conspiracy person would put all this on paper and would wonder if conspiracy speaking, perhaps someone from the Van Imhoff campaign spoke with Miss Rosalind Casey. I'd love to know that. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't have any information to suggest that. I don't No, This uh, is all hypothetical. A lot of people have asked me about that or suggested that. And I said, look, I, you know, that would be, uh, I mean, depending, that would be illegal <laughs> if there was money or something offered. Right. But, um, Rosalind is such a Democrat to me. Like, yeah, I don't think, I, she, I don't think do she would it. even, I think that would almost make her do the opposite right um but you're I, right I mean, you're right it, it does yeah look like you know it, and you know so just from my own personal standpoint here i'm a registered democrat um no way i am i changed I my affiliation once to nonpartisan because i didn't like the way I'm, I, I'm nonpartisan i switched to when i filed i'm still non. i'm still nonpartisan right now nonpartisan so i i switched to that once because i didn't like how the primaries worked that i couldn't pick whichever ballot i wanted and i it made me feel sick to my stomach, and I, I think I was nonpartisan for, like, two weeks. And, oh, that's it, wow. And I couldn't do it. I was, I, liber- after 08, I was libertarian for, like, a year or something, oh, because Jesus. because the 08 con- Republican convention, I was yeah. very young, and they yeah, treated yeah. me like shit, because I was a Ron Paul guy, and so I um, pretty, pretty, da- pretty nasty. I have found, though, you know, Alaska is a, I think it's a very purple state. People call it a red state. I, I think it's actually very purple. I think that people in Alaska are very fiscally conservative, but they are socially well, progressive. Alaska is one of the first five states to legalize abortion before Roe v. Wade. Yeah. And, and the Raven decision with marijuana. Ultimately, I think Alaskans don't want the government telling them what to do. And but some, some, some sure want that dividend. Yes. So it's an interesting, there's just an interesting dynamic in Alaska. And so I have found though, as a younger person getting into the Democratic Party, there's an old guard, which I think that there's probably one on the Republican side too, that oh, yeah. they say you all, you know, I always vote for a Democrat if they're on the ballot. And I don't think that any, either party can do that. I think that you need to vote for who's best for the job. And that also means that as an elected 
as a person who's running for an elected seat, knowing when to step out of the way when it's not the best choice for the party, not the best choice for your district, it's well, not the best know, choice Ro- for Alaska. Rosalind wasn't the only, I mean, there was, in your case, Stephanie stepped up, but there was um, several other situations where there was people that were placeholders, that were signed up as placeholders, who uh, got, got delusional, got empowered, got excited, and didn't get out. And, you know, it was situations where, you know, I, I told Rosalind, on the, I told her this on the phone, um, I, I gave the Grant, Grant example. Yeah. I said, uh, you know, he was an incumbent independent in a Republican district. He got he got 41%, Sarah Rasmussen, and good on her. You know, she won. She saw his opportunity. She got 47. Darden got 11 as a Democrat. That's going to go to Grant, most of that vote. Yeah. Um, and, and Jason she, Grant's a great representative for his people. Yeah, he was he was great. People liked him. And um, she, she actually told me something very, very strange. She said, you know, that, that, that in 2016, Ed Cullinane, the Democrat, shouldn't have got out of the race. So, so Jason was an independent like me. There was Liz Vasquez and Dustin Darden at the time was running as Alaska Independence Party because he runs for whatever the fuck he wants. This is on the primary. No, no, general. Oh, okay. Um, so after the primary, Ed was a Democrat. Liz Vasquez was a Republican. Dust, uh, Jason was the independent petition. And Darden was the AIP, Independence Party. And Ed got out. I don't know if that was his own decision, if he was convinced, whatever happened, he got out. And Gren squeaked by and beat Liz. And she told me that Ed should have stayed in. And I said, what you're, say- what you're saying would have guaranteed Liz the victory. Liz would have won. There would have been almost certainly no coalition in the House. Mm-hmm. Bryce Edgman wouldn't have been Speaker. I said, these decisions have big impacts. And that's the big problem. They have huge impacts on people, not just you. It's people, not about you. It's about... And that's the, that's the issue. They're, they're looking at their own... It, it's a selfish decision. I mean, even if it's the best, if you are the best person for your area, okay, that's something to think about. But are you going to be best for Alaska? You have to think about the big picture. And most of these people with these visions of grandeur don't know the big picture because they haven't. Yeah, they don't begin to even understand that there is a big picture. And they're going to, <laughs> if they get down there, they're going to. It is not just about you. And well, your and district. she's she's and I unfortunately she doesn't understand this, but. She's not going to win. I mean, it's just um, not going to happen. It's not in the cards. It's not going to work. And um, that's what I saw as a three-way would have been. If I had the money, maybe I would have gone for it. Yeah. But you, you, you continue. You're going up against someone who has endless pocket. Who's pissed, who almost got beat by a psycho. Yep. Like, oh, a psycho wacko. Um, so you also confuse the voters. Yep. It's like all the stuff they're seeing and there's like, like getting hit with all these different messages and. Yeah. Who's Jeff? And there's, you know, and you talk about before they vote for the best person. That's, I, I want to believe that, but the reality is in a presidential, any year, but especially a presidential year, they there's a down party. ballot they and they party. vote for Biden and then they vote for Democrat, Democrat, or they vote for Trump and they vote Republican, Republican. Because those are people who vote one out of one out of every four, two out of every, one of four or two of four primary uh, generals. Yep. And they just aren't really paying attention yep. that much. They're kind of, and don't blame them. Their families, jobs, yeah. kids. They no, got... I, I blame them. You're a lot nicer than well, me. Well, I mean, come on. I mean, no, you need people... to pay attention. It pisses me off. I, I understand why people are frustrated with it, but you know, I talk to these folks. I go door to door. You know, you got somebody. You know, they got three kids or two kids in college, and they got a job, and they got a mortgage, and they got their life to worry about. And it's like, I'm I don't want to worry you because I have all those things. You yeah, still so, there's on. always some, time to some, worry. Some people are more motivated and, yeah. and more called I to do things and. You know, it's like they just want people who are, look, please, take care of it. Yeah. Please go there, do a good job. I don't want to worry about it. Just take, you know, but now we have a problem with this de- deficit and this dividend issue and this money and all these things are happening. And yeah. now it's even like, 
it's worse than it's been because people are aware something's fucked up and it's like, how do we fix it? So, well, we vote for the other guy. Yeah. That's not going to fix it. Well, as much as I wanted you to be a senator, and I know that you will be a senator, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I think you're dodging a bullet this year. Already with the primary results, it's going to be chaos in Juneau. I mean, it's going to be hard to, we'll see what happens, how they organize the House and the Senate. All these incumbents that are gone, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. It's going to be an interesting, interesting. I'm going to be like Jerry Falwell Jr. It'll be be fun to watch. (laughs) That's gross. He said that, and well, allegedly, it's with the. Fun that's to what watch. I love the best part about that Jerry Falwell Jr. thing is that the fucking pool boy's name is Giancarlo. Juan Carlo. No, no, his name is Giancarlo Granda. Giancarlo. The guy's name, seriously, it's the pool boy that was, yeah. I guess, having allegedly having the affair with the wife, who was a good-looking lady. Um, Gian. Giancarlo. No, one one word. Giancarlo. Giancarlo. That's a. Perfect fucking name for, for a pool boy. For a pool boy that's having an affair with the religious oh, leader's boy. wife, and I guess he liked to watch in the corner. That's what Giancarlo said. What's that called? Cuckolding. Cuckold. Cuckolding. Yeah. Isn't you know it's always the really religious ones that have the weird crap. That's what I said. It's always they always have weird a, fetishes. Is that life. Some is? people have like I listen to Savage Love podcast, <laughs> and he he's talked about this, and you know this why do people why, why are men interested mm-hmm. in watching their wives get screwed or you know fucked by another guy and. One of the explanations is you're, you have, like, like, huge raging feelings of jealousy. Yeah. And if you can set it up and control it, right? you can kind of deal with it or get past it, or at least you, yeah. you, you're you in charge of it. Oh, I get it. And that's probably one of the, that's probably true. Which, uh, the thing that, you know, but then don't act to be, like, you're all self-righteous. Oh, yeah, well, Everyone's no, no. In weird. His ca- yeah, in his case, I mean, I don't care what you do, but <laughs> when you're like a religious guy, who, head of a university, Everyone's where you can't get, weird. you can't, you get in trouble for like drinking or something or holding hands, like, yeah. come on. <laughs> Remember the one like years ago? There was the, the the gay converter, gay saver guy um, who was caught on Grinder, diddling boys. He was no, he was like, he had a Grinder profile, and he's like, power bottom, looking for some hot action. How do you think you're going to get away with that? In this guy's case, I got to say, he actually was like, yeah, I mean, I. He was like, yeah, that's me. I, yep, I have a problem. It's like the wiener guy I mean, he, showing he, pictures of his. He didn't like deny it. He's like, his yeah, name, right? Andrew Anthony Weiner. Anthony Weiner. That was um, Hillary Clinton's. But isn't that funny that his advi- name was Anthony Weiner? Oh, yeah. I don't think we spent enough time on that. That's well, so well, funny. Well, what was the wife? I think they got divorced. It was Hillary Clinton's like yeah. advisor. What was her name? Uh, I don't know. But his name was Anthony Weiner. <laughs> he was pretty. He was got a pretty good body. I guess he had that. He was ugly, like he was very fit, but he had that face. Yeah, rough. I'm trying to think of that, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google. We always go back to landmine love territory, don't I mean, we? That's what we? That's what we do. Anyway, it was a monumental decision, and I appreciate H- you not wanting to. Huma Abedin. Huma Abedin. Yeah, that's a, that was his wife. They I'm gonna divorced. tell you right now. I would have never gotten that. <laughs> I mean, no. I, I I could like see it, but she was she's like Hillary Clinton's. Kind of close, like advisor. confidant, advisor, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, I think she stayed with him after the first round, but <laughs> second round, I think round two, she was like, I'm out. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool never get fooled again. What, George Bush <laughs> say? Fool, fool, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me once, shame fool on me. Sh- fool me. A fool, you fool, a fool you doesn't fool to get fooled fool, again. You fool me, don't fool <laughs> again. Okay. All right, well, it was a good uh, good podcast. I, I think it's good to talk about this stuff because I, I will be honest. It I, um, it's frustrating. It's very, it's, it's, it's kind of a victim of, you know, you have to understand, and I'm not saying victim, but this, this term, victim of circumstance. I mean, I can't, yeah. <laughs> I can't control that Rosalind, Rosalind Casey is delusional and 
She is like, you know, kind of. Who are you going to vote for? I'm not going to vote for Rosalind Casey. Oh, you're not? You can't vote for Natasha. Be very, it would be very difficult. It'd be very, very difficult to vote for Natasha. If I had a gun to my head. A gun to your head. I'm holding a gun to your head. Natasha. Gun to my head. Because she's. She's smart. She's at least qualified. She's to, very I don't, smart. I don't like her style. I don't like her attitude. I don't like how she treats me and people. That's interesting. But she can at least do it. Yeah. You know? That's gun to my head. Now, I could leave a blank. Or you could write somebody in. That's, and may as well just leave a blank. I mean, whatever, yeah. It's fun. I, you know, I wish that we published write-ins. I, I live in Palmer, of course. I think you have to be like a, a, a quote-unquote, like, write-in, certified write-in to get counted. But I... Uh, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I just or... wish we would publish it uh, because uh, in Palmer, not a lot of people vote for local election. It, you know, oh, you're you're up for election, aren't you? I am. But now it, that I'm free to do whatever I want, you should let me run your campaign. Well, I I mean, it's almost over. We we have our election in October. I know. Let me, let's let's pop off some. Let's do a little. Let's. You do a video. Let's fucking do a video. Get your kids in there. Get Dave th- swinging the golf club. <laughs> Swing in the bat. Hey, there's still time left. Now you have time to go golfing. You guys, when do the absentee? Do you have absentees? When yeah, do they... absentee. You need to uh, apply for your absentee by September 29th. Now, how, how many seats are up? Two? There are two seats, three people running. This is like a free-for-all, right? Yeah. So top two go. Top two go. Who is it Linda Combs on there? Correct. That's your aunt. That's your aunt through marriage, right? My husband's uncle's wife, yes. I'm going to say aunt through marriage. <laughs> yeah. And then, Twice. so it's you and Linda and who else? A young gentleman named I say I say young gentleman, and I need to stop saying that because it's actually. What is he fucking twelve? No, <laughs> he looks very young, but he's actually thirty three. His name is Brian Daniels, and um, he's a everyone. Ever it's actually really funny because when he put his name in, I said, "Who?" And someone's like, "The guy that worked at the coffee shop," and I was like, "Oh, Brian!" And he literally he worked at Vagabond Blues, the awesome coffee shop in. Port. Oh, yeah, I've been there. I've been there. And um, he worked there for years. Um, and now he is a co-owner of 203 Kombucha, the kombucha shop in Palmer. Oh, I know the other booch. Um, what is it? Not the, um, that's my friend Scott Jensen's friend. Oh, they do. They, they bought the 907 booch. Yeah, yeah. But they don't have like a Shirley. storefront, do they? Uh, I don't think so. I think sell it. Yeah. Surely right, they sell it in the cans. Awesome lady. Yeah. yeah no. Good business. So 203 like actually has a, a, a brick and mortar business in Palmer. Why 203? What's that about? Uh, the original number of colonists that came to Palmer when Palmer was colonized was oh, shit. 203. What's the, Ala- what's the Alaska social first three? 574. 574. See, I'm, I'm not that. Yeah. I'm a 585. I have a, yeah, that's a whole other story. But uh, you, anyway. You so, have a different one, don't you? No, I have a 574. But oh, your kids? No, just my youngest. We've talked about that. There they was, changed they cha- the they cha- rule. In, in, they changed it in 2011, and he was born in 2012. Four. I actually thought something was wrong. And so I what's his? Oh god, I, I can't even memorize it. It's like four one. It's at New so York. So it's just one. so random. Wow. Yeah, I genuinely thought something was wrong. Anyway, um, so Brian Daniels, he works. He's he worked at two hundred three Kombucha when, uh, the folks that opened it opened it, and he worked there long enough, and he bought his way into the company, and now he's a co-owner. But he represents a demographic that is not represented in Palmer. Um, male, young male, um, business owner, minority. Have you talked to him? Oh yeah, he's a good friend now. Did he, did he like realize he was running? Like, is, is he serious? Is he, like, he's very for the serious. Palmer's yeah. co- council. And, and yeah, he um, he is just he's a great guy. He's extremely nice, and he will listen to people. And he's a fresh voice. Do you think there's a prop? We're going back to the interview. We've we've switched it. We have switched. Um, do you think? All right, folks, we're back. 
Hey, folks, we're back with Sabrina Combs. <laughs> Do you think having two combs on the ticket helps or hurts you or doesn't matter? I think it hurts. Like if somebody's like, Combs, fuck. Is my, like, Which if, one? If, 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 it's your, if you're Sabrina, is it like, fuck, is that Sabrina or Linda? Like, I, because uh, they know you, right? But they don't know. Right. Because they can vote for two, though, right? You can vote for two. They probably just pick two. If that, if that's, you if think that, they just that, vote Combs, Combs? If that's the case, if they aren't sure, yeah. They're as, gonna, as a person. They're going to go double Combs. If I came to the voting booth... To me, that would be a deterrent if I didn't know the two people. Like maybe they're like, like I'd be like, what? Like a dynasty. We don't need family members on the council. Yeah, but Combs is kind of a common name. No, it isn't. Yeah, it is. There's Sam Combs. He lives up in the. I know Sam Combs. He ran for house years ago. You know that him. That doesn't make it common. I know. I just. I just look, mentioned. That's like one other person. Landfield's not a common name. Oh, now we're gonna do this. Okay. Anyway. Okay. There's a lot of names that are like. I think Combs is ambivalent enough where it's not gonna Any, be. It isn't in Palmer. It's not like in Palmer, every Combs is related. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you know that there's a, so there's a um, open cold case in in Alaska. There was a young woman who was murdered in Alaska, or no, no, she just went missing, but it's suspected, of course, that she was murdered. But her boyfriend at the time, who has been number one suspect since 1994, his name is Dave Combs. Oh fuck! Like your husband? My husband's name is Dave Combs. But he was. He's younger. now in his 50s, he was, this gentleman. Okay, so it's not Dave Combs. No, my Dave Combs. Not no. your Dave Combs. And so... Because we were supposed to actually do golf lessons. Yeah, don't worry. He's not a murderer. Which we haven't done yet. Um, But this guy recently came to light again. Like, it was, like, on Dateline or something. It 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 was recently in the news. And... Oh, my God. No joke. We had, like, people call. People, how, wait, wait, how, wait, wait. When was this? When was the... It, it occurred in, like, 1990. No, no, no. When did it come back in the news? Uh, like... Last fall. How come I didn't know about this? I don't know. We didn't talk about it. This is like landmine gold. I know. I'll, let's talk about it another wait, time. Wait, wait. So people thought like Dave was a killer? Well, they would your, just your like Dave? text and they're like, is this your Dave? Because basically he's been a person of suspect for like 20 years. Like a person of interest. Yeah. Or, or suspect. And it's like when you read the story, he obviously did it. And so it's like people are like. Not oh, your husband. The other Dave Combs. Right. Just to be clear, folks. Yeah. And so I'm like, can you guys, like, I don't want to like. <laughs> Disrespect the family of this poor woman, but can you guys like put like Dave Combs, age sixty, <laughs> like, like not the not husband of Palmer City Councilwoman Sabrina Combs, right? Anyway, we got like messages about. Did they, it. Do, did they update it? Um, no, but I didn't actually ask. It was him Dateline? It wasn't Dateline. It was just like I'll, I'll, like cold, I'll, I'll cold, find it. Like cold case files. Cold case files. Yeah, something like that. I'll Holy find it. Shit, I know. And his name's Dave Combs, and I was like, no. <laughs> Anyway, Man, if I was, if I was, what's his name? Uh, Brian, Brian Daniels, Daniels. Yeah. I would be like, I'm not saying nothing, but her husband could, could be a murderer. Could be a murderer. <laughs> no. Send that mail around. No, just don't do that. Brian Daniels. You're listening to this. No, he's a lovely human. I hope that, um, I so hope that people vote for him. Do you want to, I mean, have, we talked before, you're kind of this weird thing where you don't want to raise so much money or something, right? Um, I mean, I don't like a threshold or if you raise less than $5,000, you don't have to file with APOC. It's just so much work. How much have you raised? I don't know. I don't know. It's public. Isn't it? Less than 5,000. It's not public. <laughs> okay. Less than 5,000. Yeah. All right. Well, let's pop off some money. Let's do a few videos. Let's get the kids in there. Dave, let's, um, you're pretty let's good. Win this thing. Let's fucking get this thing. I mean, you're pretty you're fair. You, you know, AML, last Municipal League, that's big. You, yeah. you know, you get the connect. We get some elected officials to do a little. I mean, we'll do it. I'll do it. I'm good. I'm good at doing videos. I know I'm you very are. good. I mean, you see the Mel Gillis video we did? I did. That was me. I don't want to brag. 
That was kind of my vision, my direction. We, you know, Scott Jensen made it. Great, great Gosh, videographer. Scott Jensen, that guy needs a, a pat on the back for so many things. He was a superstar on Election Central. We, we gotta, we do have to. He actually borrowed a bunch of my equipment. Um, he's he, doing, he's doing some other stuff right now, debates and some other things. So he's borrowed a bunch of equipment to kind of refine because you know we had the issue where they'd come on and because of the yeah the weird sound thing. Well, because what happened was they'd come on and he was plugged into our audio to be able to talk to us, and when they come on, they weren't able to go into a like. A separate room and we'd hear them yeah and it would kind of there's this one the picture i showed you yeah so we were i was watching it and <laughs> all of us all three of us are glued into the camera and we're like talking and then all of a sudden scott like something happens and all th- me and you and kale just like like turn our heads and look and we have this like glued vi- <laughs> we're I like scr- i did a screenshot scott shut up like scott what's happening <laughs> poor scott he put up with so much with us that night it was i mean it was God, so, what the, the, the other thing we have to do and we're going to do this for the general whatever we end up doing and you have to go back and watch it, and you'll see this. And it's it's so, it was, actually, Jason Sear pointed this out, the K1R guy. Tell me, tell me. So if you look at, where, where where were we looking when we were talking to the guests? At our screens. Well, at our, that one screen, right? Oh, yeah, the one screen in front of The one of computer. Me. So when you're talking, we're looking down. So from the camera angle, we're looking at this computer that's on the table. So what we have to do... We have to raise it up. We, no, no. We have to get a fucking big monitor or TV screen behind the cameras. Yeah, so we actually get the so cameras. So Jason Sears suggested. So, we, so that's what they do in studios. So you have a big, Yeah, huge, just like a, tele, like a teleprompter. It's right next to the, to the camera so that it looks like you're looking at the camera. But it's not a prompter. It's a big... It's like a yeah. big... It's a flat screen TV, basically, yeah, behind the cameras with a with are the we gonna Are we going to go back to Campbell Lake? No, I don't think so. I think we're going to... Um, if, if the ADN... I don't, I don't know if they're going to do it or not. I, I talked to the David Hewlin. I don't know if they have their own thing. They aren't sure what they're doing. But if they sponsor or if they co-host with us, I think we should do it at the ADN newsroom. <sighs> if If, you know, again, that's just, yeah, I, that's yeah, not no. a thing yet. But I, I want to, I think we should do it, you know, in a place because doing it at the Campbell Lake House was great. But I mean, it was late. There was yeah, kind of yeah. way to get out of there. So I want to do it at a place where we can have a lot more kind of after. And, and we could bring in guests too. Yeah. I mean, you know, we had Sarah Rasmussen. Yeah. And by the way, people were like, why is she getting so much time? Because I was like, I don't came. know. She fucking lives here. It's her district. <laughs> if we're in your, folks, if we're in your district, you get, you and get I'm sorry. I'm, you know, she and I don't see eye to eye on a lot of political things. That was a good, that was a good interview. I really enjoy her, her company. And we talked about women in politics and being a mom in politics. And I appreciate her. Women time. and two kids and husbands. It's and a lot of freaking work. Like it is so much work. We should do a podcast. You know, she's never done a podcast with me. I wouldn't do one with you if I was her. Why not? I've done them with like almost every legislator not and her. the governor and Lisa Murkowski and Dan Sullivan I'm and Don Young. You. We should do one, me, you, or her, talk about like moms and I'll be the host of the moms and po- I'd be a great host for that, wouldn't I? Moms and politics. Yeah, let's have you moderate that. Yeah. We're, we're coming up on an hour and 10. I mean, I, I'll go. This is a good podcast. We could talk forever. Anything else? So, October, when's your race? October uh, 6th. Here's something funny, though. I'm leaving on October 7th to go. To, um, Fuck are you going? I'm going to text. I get to leave this. It is the longest I've been in Alaska consecutively in over seven years. Yeah, you you go places. I I'm a traveler and I have I'm going stir crazy. But pour, pour me a little bit of them. But more, we have um a more small pour small pour. We have two weddings to go to, so we are flying to San Antonio, Texas. We as in the family or you the and, family, you and Dave. Uh, the family, the whole the, everyone, and we're flying to Texas. For His kids are like what, like nine and ten or something. My kids, yeah, seven and nine. Okay, I was right about one. Yeah, age. Um, we're flying to Texas for a wedding. My friend Luke is getting married. 
And then we are driving all the way to South Carolina where I am officiating Holy another fog. wedding. That's like a three-day drive. It's a faux pas, by the way. They're getting married on a plantation. Oh, you know, it's funny you said that because a friend of mine is a wedding photographer. And like, like I'm not, I think some of this is kind of fucking woke and, you know, I, 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 know. I don't want to go into the specifics, but um, this is a thing in the South. I mean, there's plantations yeah, and, gets, They turn them all into wedding venues. You know, so it's like, I, I'm not going to like get into the whole woke, woke thing of good or bad. But a friend of mine's a wedding photographer and was booked to, I mean, she gets booked all over like yeah. Hawaii, Mexico. I dropped this. Hold on. Stop messing with it. We have like this little, it's, this is like one of those fidget, I, it's I like didn't, a fidget. No, I didn't cube. see this till you dropped it. It's like a, I know, it's, it's a spring. It's a spring loaded. It's, and it's very nice. But give it to me. No, you have one too. <sighs> playing with it. So she's a wedding for, and I didn't even know this was a thing because I don't live in the South, but there's all these old plantations that, yeah. you know, they, they were there and they were this built by slaves. This will actually be the third wedding I've been to at a South Carolina plantation. <laughs> so I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, look, if that's a business and there's a place to, <laughs> yeah. that's like, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to be the fucking woke mob here about it, but she got uh, hired to do a wedding and she goes to Hawaii, yeah. Mexico. And when she got there, now this is the fucked up part. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to go a little woke on this one. They were doing a, like a photo shoot, right? Of, of, the, of the brides and the, oh, and no. the grooms. They had a, th- and she didn't even know what it was until she got there. And she's like, you know, it's like, cause there was some sign or something. Oh, no. it was, they were, this is fucking no, crazy. This, no, no. She got hired through like a recommendation. I'm very nervous. They had the grooms, groomsmen no. and, and this, like the slave quarters. No. Like they wanted to take pictures. No. Like a bunch of white people. Like, no. like, yes. Yeah. And she was, she, she walked. Yeah. She walked. I, I'm not doing that. It's like, it's like, I don't mind taking the, you know, pictures of the wedding and, and like, whatever, we're here. Okay. Like this wedding, but they wanted, they wanted to like, like kind of take mock, like making oh, fun of like, no. and like, cause they preserved the slave quarters to show, yeah, you know, stop, cause historical. they do tours there yeah, and yeah. stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. She fucking walked. So, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively got married on a plantation. Yeah. And they, apo- I saw they apologized, right? That's where this wedding is. Same place. And so, so honestly, honest question. Look, and I, you know, I'm. Not, I'm kind of anti-woke here. You are. I'm woke normal. I mean, I'm against dumb shit. Right. But look, what are they, I mean, are those, are those places supposed to just shut down? I mean, somebody owns it. It was. They're open for like tours. I don't, I get it. I, I'm just gonna, I, no, I, get married whatever the hell you want. I don't know. I mean, if, if, if it's like, if you're the, if you're like, like speaking of that, Kevin Clarkson, our, our right. now retired or resigned AG. <laughs> Last year, I got a picture sent to me. He was he was like some trip. He was in New Orleans at some yeah. house that there was, somebody sent it to me, and there was an article about it. It was like a it was a plantation, and it was yeah. you know kind of converted. You know, now it's but it's interesting because I actually made this point, and this is a, kind of a woke point. Yeah, the it was built by slaves, slave labor. It was Louisiana, beautiful plant, beautiful house in this big big area, and um, the people who own it now, I gotta remember this correctly, but there was a big article about it. It's like the people who own it were the descendants of the slave owners who had it built. And what I said when I heard that was, you know, it's kind of fucked up that the, I mean, this is an example of like the builders and the labor and the slaves, their descendants have shit. Right. While the descendants of the slave owners have have a fucking huge business. Right. So I'm not, you know, Arguing I, I for, get I'm it. not arguing for reparations or anything, but I'm saying, yeah. look, there are some inequalities here, systemic th- stuff oh, that goes yeah. back, you know, hundreds of years. In the meantime, I just want to see my boy Zach get married, so I'm going to go. Yeah. All that aside, I think it's fine to get me, you know. Yeah. But Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds, I believe, apologized. They did. 
That's, I mean. Maybe I just want to post any pictures. How do you feel about that? I don't know. You're, I mean, you're going to the wedding, so fuck. I'm going to the wedding, and I'm I'm part black, so. What do you mean you're part black? My dad is black and Mexican. I thought he was Mexican. Like, how much? Like, half and half. Like, his mom was, his mom or dad was black? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Why? I would say, like, a Mexican descendancy, you told me. Well, I just associate most with that, because that's what I look most like. Wait, so your grandfather or grandmother? My grandfather's black. Wow. Alive? No, he died. Did not know that about you. Does it change things? No, I just, it's interesting. So wait. I just tan where, really well and I have really big hair. Where's his family from? Like what part of the country? Uh, Arizona and New Mexico. I am from New Mexico. I know. Arizona though. And Texas, not New Mexico. I'm sorry. Okay, so Tyler, Texas. Oh, Tyler, really? Isn't that near New Mexico? It's outside. Yeah, uh, Tyler's, I think, West Texas. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's West Texas. So you could have like slave, you could have like origins of. Yes. Like, you know, have you done the. No, I, I mean, like I'm on the things. I don't, we just, I, I have like a family that I just can't trace back that far. It's really weird. My family, my, my mom's, my dad's side came from um, Jews, Ukraine and Lithuania. They left in the ninth, turn of the century. Twenty Jews, Jews. They were Jews. They were pogroms. You know what movie I really want to see is that uh, new one with... Pickle? The Pickle. I, what's it called? American Pickle? American Pickle. I heard, I want to see that so bad. Seth Rogen and that... And that um, it just looks so good. And, and that... Uh, a trailer, but in that um, yeah. poster, he looks like Rectavia in Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, yeah. He looks just like the guy from Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah, it just looked... The premise of it is hilarious. So That's what happens when he fell in... He falls into pickle juice and he is preserved. It's and then silly. He, and then he comes back. Like he comes back in the modern day and he is his, you know, Seth Rogen's current day version isn't he's practicing the ways of the Judaism that his ex- family did. I haven't seen it, but the, the look is like. They teach each stereotypical other. Stereotypical like Jew. From oh, like yeah, yeah. The day, back in the day. I just think it's funny because Seth Rogen is Canadian, but. <laughs> also a Jew. Also a Jew. It just looks good. I want to see it. My, my. Netflix. Friend really wants to watch that. So. Is it Netflix? Amazon I think it's Prime? on. No, she has the um, the HBO Go app. Yeah, HBO. which is pretty it amazing. It is on HBO. Damn wow, it! A lot of options. Ask her if she'll give her login. <laughs> what, what are you fucking nineteen? <laughs> when I was in um, our Aust- babysitter logged into their Disney Plus account at our house, and I was like, "Hey, you can, oh wow!" So we have their. Disney you better give Plus. her like a little tip. I it's a boy. Or if it's a boy, you better give him like a little extra. Oh, I tell him. I'm like, hey. We're using your Disney Plus. When I was in Australia, um, you know, for that year, I'd, I'd like stayed in hostels. That's when we became friends. I knew you from the hot tub, yeah. which we've told but we that became story before. friends, right? While you were in Australia. Um, but when I was, sta- I was there. I was, I was staying different flight working. I was trying to. At some point, I kind of gave up on like getting a real job, and I just traveled and stayed in hostels. And I worked in the hostel bar in Darwin, Australia. You had a fun year. But you had a gap year. I had a thirty. I had a gap year when I was thirty-two. <laughs> you did. Um. But like, it was a whole thing of the because most of them were younger, they're in early twenties, mid twenties. It was like a whole thing of like, I need your Netflix login. Yeah, like every all these like kids and young people. <laughs> it was like fucking I need and and then somebody I remember there was one time this this uh, British girl was watching something and something happened and she like got kicked out of like Netflix, and she like fucking lost her mind because <laughs> I think you only have so many logins like. Yeah, Four, five and you can only have five. Like so, if there's like an additional login that it, it boots somebody, and she got oh, booted, and it was hers. It, 
She either got booted. I don't know if you get booted or if you can't get on, but somehow she got, maybe the, maybe the yeah. owner of the account was like, you know, get out, kicked her out. And she like fucking lost it. I know. But now I got Disney plus. Thanks, Lucas. Thanks babysitter Lucas. Thanks Lucas. I have that um, Apple TV and we, I have, I have so many apps, but I, I just, I love, I like, I enjoy cable. Oh my like, God. I enjoy the, the tr- scrolling and scrolling looking yeah. for what's on. I just, I like having that. You have cable? Oh yeah. GCI. By the way, GCI. I folks, have GCI love, internet. Love. I also and have. It, G- and it streams both. for me. Yeah, but like I'm going to be honest. I, wanna, I did the price comparison. You I want to watch. Get rid of cable. I want to watch the 5:30 NBC News with Lester Holt. I want to watch. Oh my God, I want to hug you. You're like my dad. I want to watch the six o'clock, five o'clock channel too. Okay, I want to watch. Sir, You're I, such a traditionalist. My dad used to always. I, I was, love watching the when news. I was a kid. You watch. So, what do you have? Do you have the the, the um sling? We have, we have no Direct TV Live. So I watch news. So you have the NBC night with Lester Holt. Yeah, and, and on yeah, Saturdays, Jose Diaz Bellart. I don't watch on Saturdays. I, and Sundays, usually Kate Snow. I love NBC. Yeah, I'm, my, an, I'm, an, I'm an NBC My friend likes enthusiast. ABC. He likes no. this um, uh, David Muir. <sighs> not, nothing against David Muir. Ask your friend. Not if, a fan. Ask your friend if they pour the milk in before the cereal. I always go That's cereal, like, then milk. Everyone does, unless yeah. you're a psychopath. So ask You're saying someone that. does milk cereal? If they do, then they probably watch ABC News. Probably. But <laughs> you're saying people, I've never even, this is the first time I've even heard well, of that Think concept. about it. What would you do? You wake up the next morning after a foray with a lady, and she goes to the kitchen, grabs the bowl out, and pours milk in first. What like, would you like, do? Like in my, like, I'm. What I'm, would you do I'm if per- you watch that? You're saying this is in my vit, like site. I'm watching this. Yeah. Wouldn't you immediately be like, that person's a psycho. She poured milk and then like Cheerios. And then the cereal on top of the milk. That's a sign of psychopath. I, I wouldn't think that. I would just say. Nope, get out of my house. <laughs> I wouldn't go to that <laughs> length. I would say, um, why did you do that? <laughs> why are you doing that? Um, I'd actually maybe like request a report. <laughs> I don't know. I just we can't have that. I mean, that's. I bet your friend that watches that, that, the, David that, Muir's. Uh, yeah, he likes, first. and I've watched it before. Now I do like sixty minutes on CBS. Well, yeah, that's different. Love sixty minutes. Remember uh, growing up? Did you ever watch Twenty Twenty? Yes. Barbara Walters Barbara and Hugh Walters and Hugh. Da- She's not British. Walters. She had a weird voice. And, and Hugh Downs. I don't remember Hugh Downs. I think he died. Yeah, he was he was the co-host. Remember uh, what was the other one with? Um, I was on like Fox. He's like a big libertarian guy. Who? Uh, the mustache. The big mustache guy. He's... Uh, Geraldo. No, not Geraldo. <laughs> he's like the. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? I don't know. He's gonna Google it. He used to be on. Um, Bobble Walters. How did she do that? How'd she say her words? Barbara Walters. Barbara Walt. I mean, she's Barbara Walters. I don't think. I don't think she's British. No, but she said her name funny. You know what? Like my favorite impression of a news person ever is, is of uh, Bill Hader when he does the guy from Dateline. Oh yeah. And oh. Who I was thinking of was John Stossel. I don't know who that is. Really. No, I'm gonna Google. He it was later. a big like. Uh, he he was on one of those. I think it was 2020 actually, and he would do all these like investigative pieces on different. And not, now he's on. I think Fox, but he does. He has like a. He has oh, like a show. that guy! He's like a show. He's, he looks like what would have happened if Freddie Mercury actually got to stay alive. 
He does. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, he's John Stossel, though. Is he, like, super right? Uh, Yeah, I mean, he's libertarian. Yeah, he's very conservative. I mean, libertarian. I mean, I wouldn't even say right. I mean, I think he's kind of like... He looks like someone I wouldn't get along live with. Live and let live. He, 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 he has this new show. I forget what it's called, but he, he looks at things, you know, whether it's economic or social, and he'll, he'll take, take, you know, he's a, it's a good show. <laughs> he wrote a book called No, They Can't, Why Government Fails But Individuals Succeed. <laughs> yeah, he's not a big government guy. But <laughs> no, they can't. He also wrote a book called Give Me a Break, How I Exposed Hucksters, Cheats, and Scam Artists and Became the Scourge of the Liberal yeah. Media. No, well, that's what he did. Though. So he did a thing. Um, <laughs> he used to go and, like, like investigate stuff and, like, like scams oh. and, and cheats. He and looks like that. someone that would just exhaust me. It's John Stossel. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Do we have, have to end this? Well, I have to go all the way back to the valley. Okay, well, I'm kind of trying to... I feel like we're almost kind of like Joe Rogan style. We're just going to go. Some of, some, some of his podcasts are like five hours, four hours. Do you want to go for it? I no. mean, we still have a lot of makers. I mean, we have left. a lot of makers. No, I'm not saying we have to. I just, I just. I love talking. I think the listeners, and we got to get what I'm working on next. I'll give you, you and the listeners a little glimpse. Ooh. What I'm working on doing. Um, are we going to do a live radio? Because we always talk about it. No, I do want to get back on the radio, but, but that's not, that's not this. Oh. Um, I want to do video. I want to do these things with video. <gasps> Like Joe Rogan. Yes. So we have the same studio. I mean, we could actually do it here. We could. With a couple, with a couple cameras, a couple Plenty GoPros, and then we. Oh yeah, we set them up. We but the thing is, you need a third. You need a third. Oh. Oh wow! Frick. I just spilled a little bit of that oh, um, no. whiskey. Thank you, Sabrina Combs. Don't blame me. I'm not blaming you, but no. Uh, you have a couple <laughs> cameras, and uh, you know we record it, uh-huh. and we do the video. Yeah. And then we uh, we post it with an audio version and a video version. Are we still allowed to have beverages? Absolutely. Oh, okay. We'll put on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. Your new glasses got wet. Oh yeah, I think those are okay. You know, these I are, think uh, I'm gonna post are, your. I'm gonna post your photo. Ted, Ted Baker, London. I'm gonna post your photo, and then and I'm I think gonna, the whiskey might have like 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 faded the no it, didn't, it, didn't, it was just covered up by the. Uh, I have a thing on my Instagram, as you probably know. Hashtag other people's glasses. I've been doing it oh, for, yeah, I for saw years. That. I don't go much on the gram, but I did I see know, that. I you're not yeah. a big Instagrammer. Um, I've been doing it for years, and I take pictures wearing other... I have perfect vision, and I take pictures wearing other people's glasses. So you, you so when you put my glasses on, like, and I have pretty good vision, but... Yeah, enough and to have a, they don't cause, like, too much like, issue. Like, you, you see, like... I asked my Dr. Dan guy, I said, some people see, like, that naturally. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, wow. He's like... I was like, how many people? He's like, I don't know, 20%. Yeah, I'm I'm a 20%er. <laughs> Wow. So these cause a little bit of blurring on the edges. Um, but I the I have a, an affliction where I look really good in all people's glasses. Maybe you should get some glasses that are just like not even prescription you wear. Them. I tried that, but I f- everyone knows I'm lying. So anyway, right. I put Folks, your glasses on and I'm going to count how many. I think you're like a lucky number 200 or something. I think uh, I want to keep going here, but you know, you do have to drive home. And th- there is uh, whiskey on the table, which we have to clean up. And it's it's slowly kind of creeping its way towards me. So. Towards your crotch. Well, just the ta- I mean, the end of the table. But why is it that port like spilled drinks always end up only in your crotchal region? Have you ever noticed that? I think it's just like a natural, noxious happens. So we had a great talk. We talked about a lot of things. You so many things. You even took over for a while, which all right. I'm not gonna lie, I don't, I'm not gonna lie. I don't like. I don't like that. I know, but sometimes you got to be like in the hot seat. Being the man here. Okay, well, we're gonna end it. Uh, great, great podcast. Great talk, Sabrina Combs. It's a good time. We're gonna talk. More about your election, re-election. Ooh-wee. Hey, if you're a listener and you live in the city of Palmer, 
all well, for, 2.1 vote, vote, let, square let me, miles. Let me say that so you don't get in trouble. Please. If you live in Palmer and you're uh, voting on August, October 6th, vote Sabrina Combs. And? And vote only Sabrina Combs. Bullet vote. No, no. And Brian Daniels. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Dang. That's some family stuff right there. Not let me really. tell you. It's fine. She okay, knows. well, folks, we will uh, want to thank Sabrina for being here for the podcast. And Thanks, Jack. We're going to do another one. We'll do Landmine Love soon. Appreciate it coming in. Thank you. Folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast with me, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Landline, radio.